This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation. Another couple hours for your ear hole, for your pleasure. Unnecessary roughness, Demon Cotton in the home studios, and your boy Q. Well, I'm in my home studio as well. Uh, I had a bunch of meetings that I had to take care of this morning, so wasn't able to get into the to the offices to be in there uh, in person with Demon. But we're going to hold it down and make it do what it do for the next couple hours. And I'll tell you, Raider Nation, we are going to go fast and furious. We got a big time show ready for you this afternoon very excited about it we're going to jump right into it got some really good guests coming up on the show have a really good topic that i want to get to but i'll tell you right now raider nation i will let you know if you want to get in on the phone lines and demand back me up if i'm lying i'm dying if you want to get in on the phone lines if you want to have your voice heard on today's show you better do it in hour number one <laughs> most definitely <laughs> If I could tell you any piece of advice, if you want to get in on the show today, hour number one is your shot. Because hour number two, it is, uh, it is tight like sardines, man. It's packed in there. Not going to have any opportunity except for maybe at the very end of the show for a couple calls to get in. But we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. But let me go ahead and go through the rundown of who we do have coming up today. Uh, we've been going through the, the draft kind of conversation each and every day. It's been, a, it's been a lot of fun, man, being part of this series of, of draft conversations. And that's going to continue today as Tony Pauline, the NFL draft analyst from ProFootballNetwork.com, He's going to join the show at 2.30 to talk all things Combine, kind of wrap everything up. We've talked a lot of Combine, but we've been talking also about just, you know, the draft in general. And, of course, that's a hot off-season topic, uh, the draft. So we're going to kind of wrap things up with Tony Pauline today. Uh, very excited about that. And then on tomorrow's show, I'll kind of give you a little sneak preview, a little behind-the-scenes curtain uh, call, and, and just kind of let you know what's going on. And me and Damon were actually talking about it before the show started. Daniel Jeremiah is having a big-time conference call tomorrow, and he does this about three times times throughout the course of the 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 uh, draft season he'll do it before the combine he'll do it after the combine and then he'll do one more right before the draft actually gets kicked off so tomorrow is the number one it's going to be the very first conference call he has and it starts around 10 o'clock in the morning uh, and so we're going to have a lot of sound from that we'll have a lot of guys breakdowns on some of these prospects that are being the draft we'll have that on tomorrow's show that's how we'll close out the week a lot of daniel jeremiah conversation uh from from his conference call on just these different players that he'll be looking at at the Combine and what he expects from them in the upcoming draft. So uh, that'll be for tomorrow's show. But today, like I mentioned, Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Network, he's going to join the show to talk about what he'll be looking for in the Combine and also just kind of putting a bow on some of the conversation that we've been having throughout the course of the week. That's at 2.30. Coming up at 3 o'clock, normally we have covered three NFL news and notes of the day. That won't even be able to be heard today because we have Chris Colbert. He's a, uh, he's a boxer. So, uh, Damon, this is something that you should get excited about. Big fight going on in Las Vegas this, uh, this weekend, Colbert versus Garcia. I've already seen the, the face-off just happen just a little while ago. Our guy Brian Salmon from News 3 Las Vegas actually put out a video of, uh, of uh, Garcia and, uh, and, and Chris uh, Colbert, excuse me, to, they were actually doing their little face-off and everything, so I kind of retweeted that one and put that out into the universe, and Colbert will actually be calling us at 3 o'clock to talk about his fight coming up 
on uh, on on Saturday. So excited about talking to Chris. And then coming up at 3.15, and this is where it really gets fast and furious, Arif Hassan from The Athletic. He covers the Minnesota Vikings like a glove. He's going to join the show, and we'll talk about new Raiders running back coach Kennedy Palomalu. So that's the, the reason why we'll have Arif on. So that'll be a quick conversation. Uh, I'll even dip into a little bit of uh, Jim Harbaugh conversation, like what went wrong there in Minnesota with Harbaugh, or was that something that was more of a, hey, I'm trying to get as much money as possible from Michigan, so I need to interview with you. <laughs> the Raiders haven't had me in for an interview so I need to interview with you uh, to go ahead and get that raise that we ultimately know he did. But uh, most of the conversation will be about Kennedy Palomalu. That will come up at 3.30 and then at 3 or 3.15, excuse me. And then at 3.30, we'll be talking to our good friend Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Does a fantastic job. Uh, he always does a lot of great writing and breakdown and film breakdown in particular. He actually did a really good piece on The Athletic about the Raiders' defense in general, what it could look like, what it should look like under new defensive coordinator Patrick Graham and really broke it down. So there's going to be some players, and we've talked about this, DeMond, a a few times. There's going to be some players that fit really well in with what Patrick Graham is going to do. There's going to be other players that just won't. There's no other way to put it. There's certain guys that just won't be able to to fit into what he's going to try to do. And so uh, for us to get a better understanding of what Patrick Graham wants to do, Ted Nguyen will join us at 3.30 to break that all down. And, you know, the thing about it, I know when he got hired, everyone said, oh, he's a 3-4 guy. And he told Max Crosby immediately, and Max Crosby told us at the Pro Bowl, hey, he already told me, don't worry about 4-3, don't worry about 3-4. Uh, those are just, that's just verbiage. Uh, we're going to put you in the best position to succeed. But there's still something to it. There's still something to a scheme. So, uh, as mentioned, there's going to be certain guys that will fit better and, and be able to really thrive in what he wants to do and certain guys that won't. So I really am interested to talk to Ted, and, and I'd love to hear from you, DeMond, what you're interested in talking to Ted about when it comes to this conversation. I want to know – I know the players that the Raiders have right now, right? I know who, like the, the base of what they have right now. I want to know what they need. What players do they need to be able to execute – what Patrick Graham wants to do. That's probably my biggest question. I know what they have. What do they need is the more important question as far as I'm concerned. But when this conversation comes up, the Raiders defense, when we talk to Ted at 3.30, DeMond, what's, uh, what's top of mind for you? I like what you just said there. What do they need? Because one of my particular questions is, does this defense need stars? Because sometimes you see with defenses, oh, right. they can get by with just, hey, the sum is better than just one player. But would getting a J.C. Jackson, would someone like that thrive in this defense? Right, right. No, that's a good one. That's a good question. So make sure you put that one, uh, put that one down. Jot that one down. Have that ready for Ted coming up at 3.30. So that's the, that's the lineup that we have. I mean, we got a lot that we're going to squeeze into the next couple hours. Tony Pauline's going to kick us off at 2.30. Chris Colbert will be on at 3. Arif Hassan at 3.15. And Ted Nguyen will close things out at 3.30. And, of course, uh, we'll hear th- from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200. And then we also have our text line that we're always always wanting to hear from you on 69187 keyword R&R you can hit us up at any point and whenever we're talking to a guest if you want to get a question in you could do that as well again 69187 keyword R&R with all that being said let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So we've had a ton of conversation all week long about potential offseason moves, potential moves that Dave Ziegler and company can can make to improve this Raiders roster. And it's stuff that we've been talking about, things that we would like to see the team do to make this roster better, in our in our opinion. But... 
I, I want to take it to another level now. I got this question that I want to throw out there, too. And like I said, I want to hear from you. And if you, you don't get in early, you're not going to be able to get in throughout the course of the show. But there's a ton of different offseason moves that this Raiders team could make. There's a ton of them. There's some moves that you might like. There's some moves that you might not like. You know, it, it could be just about anything. But I want to know what is the one offseason move the Raiders could make that you would love since it's February, it's kind of the, the month of love, right? <laughs> what's the one What's the one offseason move the Raiders could make that you would love? And what's the off, one offseason move that they could make that you would hate? So I only need two. I know a lot of times people get a little, uh, get a little froggy and give me two, three, four, five different answers. I only need two. One offseason move the Raiders could move that, that, that they could make that you would love and one that you would be very upset about. Let me know about it. 702-365-9200. Again, uh, our Salmonash text line is 69187, keyword RNR, and I'll start things off. One offseason move that I would love to see the Raiders make is go and get a big fish. You know what I mean? And, and, and we've talked about it a lot throughout the course of the week. We've talked about Devontae Adams. We've talked about J.C. Jackson. And I'm telling you right now, I'd be happy and thrilled with either one of them. I really would. And maybe that's, copping, maybe that's a cop-out because it's still giving you two answers. But I just think that they need to be aggressive. I think that, that that's what that would show, is that the, the front office is going to be aggressive moving forward because we don't know. We don't know what this, off, this, this front office, what their plan of attack is. You start to pick up on tendencies after you see things, but until you see it, you don't know. Like I could tell you, Big Reggie McKenzie, when he was the GM of the, of the Raiders, he would kind of sit back and let, it's almost like how they say, let the game come to you. He'd pretty much let the game come to him. He wouldn't be super aggressive. He wouldn't be eager to go make moves. He would just kind of sit back and, and chill and just see how everything falls and then boom, and then make a move. I don't remember Big Reggie ever being very aggressive. And I think that that was the one thing that was talked about when Gruden took over and then Mayock, they said, hey, those guys, their energy matches each other. They're, they'll get up early. They're, 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 they're all about ball. That's all they want to do. You know, it's like they, they were two guys that were similar in thinking. So you figured, okay, they're going to go and make the moves that they feel are, are correct, but they're going, to be, they're going to be on top of it. They're going to be ready to rock and roll. You know what I mean? And so that's, that was kind of how I felt about Gruden and Mayock, that they were more on the same page where, where Big Reds just kind of let everything just, just go to him, you know, just come to him. And, look, I'm not saying that there's a right or wrong way to do it. I sit here and talk about what teams do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a radio dude. I'm not, I'm not pulling the trigger on any kind of moves. So I'm not saying there's a right or, or wrong way to make any moves. I'm just saying that from what I've witnessed from a distance, that's the way that these guys operated. So now, until we actually see free agency and see the way that, that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and you know Champ Kelly and everyone else in that front office, until the, we see the way they operate, we really don't know. And I think we've done a really good job top to bottom from the morning tailgate to JT to myself to, to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. I think we've done a really good job of trying to get as much intel and as much background information on these guys so we can get somewhat of an idea. But again, until we actually see it and know what their vision is, we don't know. People ask me all the time, Q, you think that the Raiders are going to make a move for J.C. Jackson? I'm like, I'd like to, to make a move for J.C. Jackson, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's their, their plan. I don't know if that's what their vision is. We won't know their vision until it's executed. So for me personally, the move that I would love to see them make is, is an aggressive move. I would love to see them get very aggressive and go make something happen. Now, the one move that I would hate to see them make is trade away a big fish. And by, by, by that, I mean trade away like a Max Crosby because you're trying to get more picks. 
or even and I'll even go here. I'll even say trade away Derek Carr because I don't think he's the guy that needs to be traded. I don't think there's any guy that really needs to be traded. Let's put it out there like that. But I, I don't think that going and, and making a trade to get some 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 extra picks is the is the move because I don't think that the Raiders are that far away where it's like okay, got to re re uh, re retool in the in, in the cupboard. You know, we got to we got to load up the cupboard again. I don't think that that's the case. I think that Derek Carr, given some big fish around him could be a hell of a player and really make some things happen. So the one move that I'd love to see them make is an aggressive move. Go out and get Devontae Adams or go out and get J.C. Jackson, one of the two. I think those are probably the two biggest fish that are going to be out there uh, by way of free agency. And then the one move that I'd hate is to see them trade away a, a big fish in, in, that, in that regard like a Max Crosby or, a, or, or, or even Derek Carr. Uh, I'll throw both of those guys out there. Not saying that I think that either one of those will happen, but those are the moves – that I would hate to see. So would love to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Let's start things off with our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind, brother? Doing. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, the two, uh, the one that I would love to see, uh, I'm going to go to the defense. Okay. And that's any kind of defensive tackle. There's 300 and some pounds that can collapse a pocket at least 60 to 70% of the time because that means Ngakwe and Crosby have 10 sacks apiece easy. The more pressure you can get on the quarterback if he has very little time, can't hurt the defense, no matter how bad your secondary is. Agreed. Or he has to check it down. Okay, and so that's my thing to help. That will really help the offense because that offense will get the ball back multiple times. And I'm with you. Uh, me, I think Derek Carr is the, is will be the worst one because it's not that he's not irreplaceable, but in this market currently, as far as replacing him with something equal, he's irreplaceable. Okay, is anybody that that you have to trade, you can get two high picks for it. It's probably irreplaceable on any team to me, and t- double so for for us. And last thing, I was wondering, is there any way that you can get replays of NFL games next season? Uh, at, you know that we can listen to uh, at the end, like you know, in case you missed it. And that's all oh, I that's have. That's a good Thanks, idea. Too. Okay, hey, thanks for the call, man. That's a good idea. That's something I'll have to look into. That'd be pretty cool, right? Just have a replay of a game, especially a big game. How, how many people would have loved to listen back to that, that final game of the season? That would have been cool. We actually did that a little bit when I was in Central Texas for some Baylor games sometimes. And, and even high school football, we did that every once in a while for a big, like a state championship game or something. That wouldn't be a bad idea, man. Good. Hey, ABA Ivan Davis, you all right, man. Let me, let me look into that. I think that's a good one. And I'll say this. When it comes to Carr, because, of course, he's always the hot topic, I wouldn't trade him – unless I had someone that I knew was well, way better than him to replace him. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen so many different trade trade uh, you know, offers. Like, I saw PFF throw out that, and DeMond, you talked about it the other day, uh, like two ones and another pick for Derek Carr. And I was like, okay, so what, what, what do the Raiders do with that afterwards, though? Who's their quarterback of the future? Who's the guy that leads them to where they need to go? That's, that's why I wouldn't do that. Now, if you had a super talent, I mean, again, uh, the Aaron Rodgers conversation, that's a Hall of Fame guy. That's a dude who's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. I'd pull the trigger on that because it's Aaron Rodgers. There's certain guys that you'd pull the trigger on, I feel like. But like ABA Ivan Davis said, no, in, in this market, it's, hey, it's, it's, it's basically going to be a lateral move, if not a step back. And I'm not about taking those steps back. I think that that would be silly. So uh, that, that's, it's so funny, though. All these conversations that we've had this week, and even conversations I've had on the podcast, I've had so many people from the podcast, like the guy from the, that hosts the, the Seahawks show, actually sent me some audio today about trading Russell Wilson. Like Part of his conversation on his podcast is about trading Russell Wilson, and he basically said that no team in the league has the capital 
to trade for Russell Wilson because the Seahawks wouldn't be interested in taking a step back. And the only team he said was the Raiders. He said the only team that I think is even a possibility would be the Raiders because then we could swap quarterbacks because the, the Seahawks would gladly take Carr and roll with Carr. So it's so funny when you have these conversations, how many teams are like, hey, man, if you don't want it, we'll take them. Oh, it's, Q, I'm so glad you said that. Sometimes was, it makes you put it in perspective, right? Yeah, I was talking to a Pittsburgh fan last night at the bar, and he was just like, yeah, I'd give up two first-rounders <laughs> for Derek Carr, no question. Right. See, like I said, sometimes you don't really know what you have until you don't have it or else you see someone else that wants it. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever been with that girl where you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to break up with her. Then all of a sudden you notice how much attention she's getting. You're like, wait, hold on. What am I missing here? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I was about to kick her to the curb, but now she's got to stay around a little longer. Then you get greedy. Yeah. Now you got to keep <laughs> Now you got to keep I don't want nobody else to have it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what's so great about her, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Good stuff. But, no, it's, it's funny, man. And, and every, we played the audio yesterday, you know, from Peter Bukowski and also David Harrison and both teams. Bukowski, who's coming from the Packers, was interested in having Carr in Green Bay. Harrison was like, hell, I'll take Carr and extend him five years immediately. You know, I mean, it's just it's so funny how many people – want the guy, and then there's so many people that have the guy and don't want the guy. So uh, sometimes just it, it kind of helps put it in perspective what you have when you all of a sudden realize how many others want what you have. Let's uh, go back out to the Raider Nation listener line, talk to our guy Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, Fargo? Hey, Q and DeMond, thank you for taking my call. I'm glad to hear you guys in good spirits. For sure. I think the biggest thing we can do to improve the offense which I think is the the piece that really, really needs improving. Hopefully we can, you know, continue at 26 strength or better in the defense. But I say that right tackle position. Yep. You know, Teron Armstead is maybe going to test the market as far as I've seen, and he's been solid. Uh, he's going to fetch a high price tag. But to secure that right side of the line yeah. uh, on that tackle position and be able to run the ball with authority I think would go a long way. And I completely agree with the argument that you and ABA are, are saying. We cannot uh, leverage our future by hoping we're going to find somebody better in the draft or by circuit, by happenstance and replace Carr with the, with the quarterback roulette that people like me of my generation grew up <laughs> seeing and just devastated by every time we got a new quarterback. I mean, that 82-yard run that Terrell Pryor busted off against the Pittsburgh That made Steelers. you a believer, too? <laughs> yeah, man. And then when he, when, when he went, got traded off and turned into a dang wide receiver, I was like, damn, is that really what we're doing? Right, right. You know? Hey, man, I'll tell you real quick. When that run happened, I remember I was watching the game with my son, Kimani. We were watching the game, and he was like, Dad, we finally have a quarterback. We finally have a quarterback. <laughs> and I was like, son, he just ran the ball. <laughs> yeah, man. And, you know, and that's what scares me. I ain't trying to go back to that. Yeah. I forget who said it, but Matt Flynn was the quarterback before Carr, and we uh, thought he was going to do things. Oh, so just keep things in perspective. If we're not going to upgrade the position, leave it alone. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a good one. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And yeah, man, I remember my son was so happy. He said, Dad, we finally got a quarterback. And I was like, you know what? I like him too, but I ain't seen him throw the rock too much. I ain't seen him complete the ball too much. And he had one slant. He was good at the slant pass. 
That was the one thing Terrell Pryor was great at throwing the slant pass, and then I think everybody in the league figured that out, and he started getting picked off on the regular. I was like, well, that's a done deal. So, uh, man, that's a blast from the past. Thanks, Fargo Raider, for that one. Got a tweet from Ernie. said, Q, uh, the move I'd love would be sign one of the wide receivers, Devontae or Robinson. A move I would hate would be not taking care of our own guys, Max, Hunter, and Carr. He's talking about contracts right there. And you know what, Ernie? That's a damn good tweet. That is even that's even better than saying trading off one of the guys because you know what? It's been a while since the Raiders have really committed to taking care of their guys. And as an organization, if you take care of your guys and other teams and other players on the outside see that, you know what they'll do? Yeah, I'll go there. I'll go there on a two-year deal. I'll go there on a four-year deal because I know I'll have enough opportunity to stick around. Their teams Players will want to go to your team if they see you that, that you take care of your own guys as well. So uh, that's a really good tweet, Ernie. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate that. Let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line, talk to our guy, Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, Passionate? Man, man, Ernie just stole my thunder, man. I was going to say the same thing, man. He said the same thing I was going to say, man. Got to take care of the guys in the house right now, man. Max, Hunter. Max and Hunter have earned it, man. Yeah. Agreed. If you can't replace the quarterback with someone better, I mean, you got to roll with the guy. I mean, he's been here for eight years, and I mean, I, sometimes I sit back and I try to think. I wonder what Derek really thinks when he looks at the Raiders and he thinks about what he's been through, like just from the lifestyle he's from and the way he carries himself. To see the dysfunction and knowing, like he knows, he I, I know he can just see and look at him like, man, if they would just think or live this way, because. The man knows the word, man. He knows he, he's got it in him, man. So it just makes me think, like, there's got to be something that's just driving him to stay here that he deserves just to get a piece of this pie after these eight years. As bad as we want to say this, 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 and this, in reality, I mean, we've never even had a true number one ever that's been there longer than two years. The right. guy's been bounced around with every single main piece has been bounced around. Yep. So, I mean, but, but then you also think, you you got a guy going into an eight-year eight year in his career going to sign another contract, and the team is still really completely torn apart. There's, like, not even pieces all across our team. We don't even know who's going to be at these spots. And you've right. got other teams out there right now. They're ready to rock and roll right now. All they need is D.C. That's why they're saying, we'll give you two, two runs right. right now. Agreed. That's all we need. Agreed. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call, man. Have a great day, guys. Hey, appreciate you. And you're right. You're right. There's teams that feel like that they're in a good position, and all they need is D.C. to pull the trigger, right? And that's how, at some point, I think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels want the Raiders to be. And I'll tell you this. I don't think that they're far away from that. I just think that they need to get a couple solid pieces in place, and then the, the players that they have right now can actually understand the, okay, what's the vision now? Because as you mentioned, guys like Derek Carr, and it's only you know him – Really, that have been there for the whole, the whole, the whole time, where he's had different offensive coordinators, he's had different coaches, he's had different wide receivers, he's had so much turnover. And the one thing I'll say about Derek Carr, and I mean this, I mean this to the bottom of my heart. What I can say and what I admire and respect about Derek Carr, and it's not easy for people to do, but this is a trait of someone that you know has has greatness in their in their. In their, in their DNA. They, 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 they come from a really great, humbling place, and I know a lot of it has to do with his faith. But the one thing I can say about Derek Carr, you could love him or hate him regardless. You can get frustrated at a play here or there, whatever. That's fine. Derek Carr does not allow 
the surroundings and what's going on, the potential chaos around him to affect him. You know what I mean by that? What I mean is people are affected by other people around them. Some people are affected in a good way. Like some people have really positive people around them and really excited people and really energetic people, and it, it gives you a little pep in your step. Other people have guys that are kind of beat up, don't know what direction they're going. They're kind of down in the dumps. Their wife is leaving them. They're broke. you know. And so they give you that ho-hum feeling. And so then they become who's around them. You become a product of your environment, right? Derek Carr, start to finish, from the beginning of his career, you go back and look. The beginning of his career to right now, through everything he's been through, has never allowed situations to define him or change who he is. They've, he's, he's battled through it. That is when you know someone's got something going on upstairs, Someone's got a little bit something, a little different DNA, and I will go back to I believe that his faith makes him very humbled, and I think that that allows him to be very comfortable. Some people don't get, don't like that. Oh, he's too comfortable in what he does. No, he's he's comfortable in who he is, and he's not going to allow the person next to him to change his character and who he is as a as a person and as a player. I, I can respect that. I really can, because that's not easy for anyone. And I think that we all could look in our own personal lives and say. Am I the person that changes with my environment or who's around me, or am I always me? And if you can answer it and say you're always you, that's a step in the right direction. 225 is the time when we come back. Going to turn our attention to the NFL draft. The combine's right around the corner. Very excited about that. Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst from Pro Football Network. He'll join us to break it all down. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We've had a lot of conversation about the NFL draft this week. We've dipped into the combine quite a bit this week, and we're going to continue to do that here on Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. Our guy Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst from Pro Football Network, joins us now on the phone lines. And, Tony, thank you so much for your time this afternoon as the scouting combine gets kicking uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, next week, and uh, everyone's going to be flocking to Indianapolis. Are there any storylines that you're going to be tracking pretty closely as uh, everyone's in Indy next week? Well, obviously, you know, the health of some of the players, specifically the uh, the two Alabama receivers, Jamison Williams and John Mechie. Uh, Carson Strong has got a knee issue. The, the, uh, the, the uh, quarterback from Nevada, your state, that's got a knee issue back dating to his high school days that's going to have to be checked out. Kenny Pickett's hand size, you know, <laughs> and uh, really see which of the top defenders actually take to the field and work out at Lucas Oil Stadium. I want. I'm glad you mentioned the two Alabama wide receivers that are are banged up, and and obviously they're very dynamic players, but uh, suffered pretty bad injuries late in the season. How much do you think that that's going to affect them in the upcoming draft? Because they're dynamic, but they're injured. Yeah, I mean it depends on the team because what happens is they'll go through the medical exams, they'll be MRI, they'll be X-rayed, and they'll probably be called back for the medical recheck in early April, right before the draft, which basically guys who were suffering from ailments are often called back. And it's going to be, it'll differ from team to team. There'll be some teams that say, hey, listen, 
you know, we can't play these guys. They won't be 100% ready to hit the field until December. And there may be some guy, some teams that say, medical staff, some teams that say, you know what, he should be ready to go in October. So it, it is absolutely going to affect him. I think J, especially Jamison Williams, who probably projected as a top 14 pick, and now you're looking probably in that bottom half of round one just because he's not going to be ready for a while. Right, exactly. It's so unfortunate. I hate when these players get injured right before the draft because we know it definitely affects their stock. Again, we're talking right now with Tony Pauline here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Before we came to you, we were talking in the last segment, and uh, we had some guys bring up offensive tackles and offensive linemen, and the Raiders, uh, I do believe, need a right tackle. Uh, They went and got Alex Leatherwood last year to be that tackle, but they kicked him into guard. How deep do you feel like this draft is at offensive linemen, and in particular uh, the tackle position? I love the depth of the tackle position starting in the second round. I think you can get a good tackle, good right tackle, uh, starting really in the second day of the draft. There's some good players in round two and round three. I will say this, though, you know, but do the Raiders go uh, back-to-back offensive linemen in round one, although you've got different people making the calls there, because Trevor Penning out of northern Iowa I I think would be a great fit for the, uh, for the Raiders, he is definitely a Raiders type of player. <laughs> the big offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, if you watch senior bowl practice, he was the guy that was trying to bury his opponent's head into the ground every play. I think that's a, that's a terrific fit. But even if they don't go in that route, you're going to have players like Darian Kennard of uh, Kentucky, Daniel Falele of Minnesota, Abraham Lucas of uh, Minnesota of uh, Washington State available to play that right tackle spot that you can get in day two. I, I love the way that you said that Penning was an absolute Raider. How long did it take you? Because we've heard that so many times that, yeah. hey, this guy is a Raider. How long did it take you to identify him as a Raider? Well, I mean, not long, especially when you, you did a little re- I did a little research and found out that right tackle uh, was the primary need for the team. It, it basically, it's, it's a square peg in a, in a square hole, if you will. It's a natural fit. <laughs> right, absolutely. I promise you that's what so many people have texted in and said, hey, that's the guy. He would look great in silver and black, and he would, he would do the Raiders proud at that right tackle position. What about Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State? He's a guy I've seen a lot of different mock drafters uh, kind of peg to the Raiders at 22. I think he's more of a left tackle, and okay. I think he's not as sure a thing as Trevor Penning. He's very yeah. athletic. He's much more mobile than Trevor Penning, that's for sure. You know, he played in a, in a pass-happy system under Mike Leach at Mississippi State. There are just some fundamental things about Charles Cross that uh, concern me. He doesn't bend his knees, which you have to do on Sunday at, at the offensive tackle position or else you're going to get slaughtered. Uh, he basically never came out of a three-point stance at uh, Mississippi State. They always had him standing up in a two-point stance. So, you know, he's got great upside, but he's definitely not a sure thing. I, I think Penning doesn't have as much of an upside because he's not as fleet-footed. He's mobile. He's not the zone blocker that Charles Cross could, could be. But I don't think uh, Penning has got that much downside. I don't think Penning would be the bust that Charles Cross could be. Now, Tony, let me ask you this. When it comes to the offensive linemen, you know, there's so many drills that we'll see at the Combine next week, and I'll be glued to the TV like everyone else will be. But it, it, I know all the drills aren't necessarily that important. So when it comes to offensive linemen, what, what, what are you paying attention to as far as the drills that go? That's a good question. Uh, you know, what they do is they, they put the cones out and they have the guys slide 
both as they were in a left tackle spot and the right tackle spot. And you want to watch them see if they slide, what their footwork is like. Is it smooth? Is it quick? Is it natural? You want to see if they're keeping their knees bent. I just mentioned that about right. Charles Cross. You know, right. people talk about offensive linemen, big, strong guys. You block with your legs, and you block with leverage. You've got to get under the opponent. So when they're sliding their feet, are they keeping their knees bent? And most importantly, are they on balance? Do they look like they're under or are they all over the place? You want that guy that's under control, that keeps his knees bent, that is fluid sliding out, that projects well to the next level. How important are the, are the interview processes, is the interview process during the, the combine? For some guys, it's critical. I mean, you saw what happened with Ja'Kai Polite a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, the, the pass rusher out of Florida. You know, he just froze up under the tough questioning. Uh, sometimes they ask some off-the-wall questions. A lot of times they're screaming at the guys. He kind of froze up and then complained about it uh, during the press conference. And there are guys that have questions. I think it's going to be critical for Kayvon Thibodeau, one of my favorite players, my highest-rated player in this year's draft, who now is all of a sudden coming under close scrutiny. So, you know, they're going to ask him some tough questions, and he's going to have to answer them right. The interviews and especially the medicals are the most important aspects of the combine, bar none. Talking right now with Tony, pa- Tony Pauline, NFL Draft Analyst from ProFootballNetwork.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. What were your thoughts on the bubble situation that turned into be not the bubble situation pretty quick? I thought it was bizarre, and if you're following us at Pro Football Network, we were ahead of the curve on that. We actually started reporting about the proposed bubble back in January. It was kind of ironic because I've been going to the Combine since 2001. The first Combine I went to, there wasn't even a media center, and you look at what it's blown up to now. And it was ironic because the league is trying to monetize and commercialize and get as much opportunity out of the combine as possible, yet they instituted and they implemented all these rules, whether it be the bubble, the players in the bubble, whether it be having the bench press the same day that the players do the on-the-field workout, which really made the players throw their hands up and say, we're not going to work out at the combine. We're going to wait for our pro day. We'll go there. We'll do the medicals. We'll do the interviews. But, uh, you know, I'm not, we're not running the because of the fact that they couldn't be with their trainers. I think the NFL basically put themselves in a no-win situation, and they had to back out and, and, and basically let the bubble burst, or they would have had no network programming, which is what they want for the combine workouts. Right. No, it is. I mean, they want to monetize everything, right? They want to blow it up and make it the, the, the thing to watch every single day, time. And, and that's what we do. I mean, we soak it in. We love every minute of the combine and, and anything NFL-related. Well, how much, since you've been going there so long, how much business will start to get negotiated, even though you're not allowed to start negotiating? But how much business will start to get kind of a little bit of, you know, the wheels turning on some situations there in Indianapolis? As far as free agency is concerned, a yeah. huge amount. I mean, it basically starts at the Senior Bowl, and then it really picks up a lot of tempo at the, uh, at the Combine. You know, numbers will be exchanged. Interest levels will be exchanged. You know, maybe there's a handshake agreement here or there. But, yeah, the, the Combine is really the place where free agency is taken to the next level. Uh, there, there won't be any deals finalized, right. obviously. But, right. yeah, the, the, the agents go to Indianapolis – primarily to meet with the teams and the team representatives to talk about their available free agents, to gauge the interest, and to basically barter back and forth.
Right, exactly. And I, it's so funny when the, the legal tampering period opens up and all of a sudden five minutes into it, there's like, hey, this guy's signing for five years, $85 million. It's like, Tony, how does that happen so quickly? It starts at the combine. Well, it actually starts at the Senior Bowl, yeah. but it, ta- it, 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 it takes it to another level at the Combine. <laughs> right, absolutely. Again, we're talking with Tony Pauline here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon in the home studio has got a question for you. Yeah, Tony, I saw a tweet that you had Garrett Wilson being the first receiver taken off the board at 13. How many first-rounders do you think are in this receiving class? Yeah, that's a good question. Four, maybe five. I, I think it would be Garrett Wilson. I do think uh, Jameson Williams is going to be a first-rounder, Drake London. And then the two, you know, there's three guys there, Chris Olave out of Ohio State, who I absolutely love, who's a, a tremendous vertical receiver. Uh, if Al Davis was still around, Chris Olave would be a favorite of Al Davis. Jahan Dotson from uh, Penn State and then Traylon Burks. I'm not as high on Traylon Burks as other people. You're starting to see him fall in some mock drafts. Keep an eye on Traylon Burks. Not only the 40 time at the combine, but the, uh, the, the shuttle times as well as the three cone, critical for Traylon Burks to show that he's able to keep that speed and that change of direction. How important is the 40 for most people when they go to the, to the combine? I know it's, it's a measure that every, every team looks at, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to if this guy could play football, how important really is the 40? Not as important as the 10 split. And, you know, everyone talks about the 40, but it's the 10 split that's, you know, more critical because the 10 split will give you an idea as to how quick the guy is off the line of scrimmage. Cooper Cup, you know, run, ran in the four sixes, but he had a great 10 split. What that tells you is he's able to get off the line immediately, get a step on the opponents, which gives him immediate separation. It's a good talking point. It is a measure of athleticism, and when you have a really fast guy, it's easier to coach that guy or you have a better upside, a better potential coaching that guy at the certain positions. But in the grand scheme of things, players, except for receivers and occasionally cornerbacks, they don't run 40 yards on the football field. Look at the 10 split. Right, and it's so funny. I love when the players, they say afterwards, I'll be the last 40 I ever run. (laughs) And they're right, usually. Yeah, exactly. No no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Tony Pauline. And, Tony, we just got a couple more questions for you. I mean, just as far as guys that may be flying under the radar, I think every year we we come out of the combine week and say, man, that guy's a great player, but it's because of what we saw at the combine. Is there somebody that you're kind of getting your eye on and you just want to see and maybe verify who they are at the combine? Well, I, I mean, keep an eye on Tariq Woolen, the uh, corner from uh, Texas San Antonio, uh, and, and a safety by the name of Nick Cross from uh, Maryland. I think those guys, they're not really talked about all that much, especially Nick Cross of uh, Maryland, the safety. I have a feeling, from what I'm told, they're going to blow up the combine. They're going to run super fast. They're going to look very athletic. And a lot of people are going to go back and look at their film, especially Nick Cross. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, you know what, I wasn't thinking about this guy before the combine. He's a, he's a day-two pick, and he is a legitimate day-two pick. Tariq Woolen is a receiver-turned-cornerback. He's got exceptional size. He's still learning the position. He's got a great amount of upside, but he's going to need some, some work. So those two guys, especially Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland. All right, I got one more. My man Demond in the home studio has got one more. But my final question for you is how do you avoid finding that or, or falling in love with that combine workout warrior? you got to watch the film. I mean, that's basically it. If a guy is super fast, Taylor Mays, perfect yes. example. I mean, Taylor Mays had an Olympian-type workout, 
Everybody fell in love with him. You know, after everyone's saying, you know, top 15 pick. But when you watch the film on Taylor Mays at USC, even if you saw him at the Senior Bowl that year, he was fast in a straight line, but he struggled moving left and right uh, a couple of inches. He, you know, he really slowed down when he changed direction, and he was not very good going in reverse. So, obviously, it's position-specific, but you got, you know, the combine and the athletic numbers are one piece of the puzzle, but you really got to trust what you see on film. Yeah, Tony, this is the last one, and it's the hardest. <laughs> what makes Led Zeppelin the best band ever? Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know, because I say so. I, I mean, listen, <laughs> here's the reason why. Led Zeppelin is as relevant today as when they yes. started almost 50 years ago. And when you turn on the radio, they can play any music from any band today, and they will play a Led Zeppelin song, and Led Zeppelin is right there with any band today, even though they've been, you know, they basically retired and they shut things down 40 years ago. Hey, we can have a stairway to heaven any day. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you right now, Led Zeppelin, that's right in line with Raider Nation Radio. I mean, that's an that's a anthem of uh, football games, right? We hear that at, at, at the stadiums and coliseums and, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, Led, Led Zeppelin, I'm okay with that as well. Tony, great stuff, man. You can find Tony on ProFootballNetwork.com. He's an NFL draft analyst and on Twitter at Tony Pauline. Thank you so much for your time. Fantastic stuff. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Good stuff right there. Uh, great, great question there to, to close things out, Damon. I like that little Led Zeppelin reference right there. I thought that was too old for you, but I guess you were going through Tony's Twitter. I didn't think Led Zeppelin was uh, in your wheelhouse, but uh, anyone could. Man, we got to come back with a little Stairway to Heaven. Nothing wrong with some Stairway to Heaven. I'll tell you that right now. That is fantastic. So uh, good stuff, man. <laughs> you don't even know how to respond to that, huh? <laughs> just go to break. Shut up, Q, and just go to break. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We'll close out hour number one. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Big ups to my guy, Tony Pauline. Join us to talk all things combine and draft in the last segment. That was fantastic stuff. Definitely appreciate him. Got a shout out to my guy, Big Dub Raider Q. Stairway to heaven. We talking about the OJs? We could be. <laughs> we sure could be. I grew up around a lot of people, man. I grew up, I'm, I'm a very... Uh, I'm like a chameleon, right? I could blend in wherever I go. So I, I told you, I always told you the story about Brian and Michael, man. They they didn't only just play Queen and Def Leppard and all that stuff. They they played some uh, Led Zeppelin too. So I was I was I was uh I was put up on game when it comes to Led Zeppelin at an early age. But yeah, Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, we could be talking about the OJs for sure. Talking about Led Zeppelin as well, especially since Demond a new booty, a youngster. Mine don't know about no kind of. I know about more you, than you think. I don't think you do. <laughs> I don't think you do, but maybe you do. I'm not mad at you, man. That was a, that was a great question anyway. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Let's go to Ontario, Canada. Talk to our guy, Brian. What's on your mind, Brian? Uh, yeah, I was just going to well, – hey, guys. I was just going to uh, talk about the move that you would hate – Yes. and the move that you would like. And, like, I know we got a lot of impending free agents and stuff like that, but I think one of the more annoying ones, if they let walk, would be um, Alec Ingold. Like, yes. I, that, I, 
I love that dude. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and um, one that I, I I would love would be um, reaching out to the Atlanta Falcons okay. and uh, maybe making a move for uh, Calvin Ridley because okay. I think you 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 may be able to get him for less than a one or. You know, you could work out some sort of deal where it's a, a conditional, a two condition on condition, like it may be a one if he reaches certain right. parameters and stuff like that. So, because I, I, I think I just, I've heard interviews and stuff like that saying they would like him back, but they would also, if he doesn't want to be there anymore, they would do right by him. And, you know, you could make a trade for a, you know, a, you know, a draft pick or a player, you know, because they, they need a running back. So you can maybe offer them like a Josh Jacobs and a, and a mid round pick or something Ooh. and get get uh, I like Calvin Ridley. Okay. Um, I think I think that's where you get a top receiver without paying the uh, Devonte Adams price. Okay. Hey, I like it. I like it. I like it. Go get Calvin Ridley. I've heard, I've heard that suggested a couple times. I know things aren't really on the up and up as far as everything good in Atlanta, so maybe he's a guy who becomes available. Uh, it's kind of like getting a top-notch wide receiver without paying the top-notch wide receiver money. So that's a that's a possibility right there. I know that a lot of Raider Nation probably just cringe when you said uh, move on from Josh Jacobs or, or trade Josh Jacobs. Some folks would say, "Hey, I'd hate that move." And uh, yeah, that that's yeah, that's interesting, man. That's an interesting little uh, angle that you took there. I do appreciate that. Uh, we got a text. Says Vegas, we need better corners. I never want to see Facing again. Okay, <laughs> that's aggressive, but okay. never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. So uh, that's a good one right there. Uh, how about this one from Raider Richie in Arizona? Would love Adams and would be upset by getting Trent Brown part two. And uh, yeah, I think that, that that's so funny. As as I've done these. New England Patriot conversations, and we've had different people on talking about the Patriots, and you know we had Doug Kite on last week, and, and Demond. That's when you asked about about uh, Trent Brown, and yeah, I don't I don't think that Trent Brown or Raider Nation wants to see anything to do with each other. I just don't think that that's that's happening. Nope. You say that, but if he come, I'm telling you that Buffalo game where the Patriots only threw the ball what like two times, boy, Trent Brown was moving. Yeah, that he one game. Yeah, how many games did he play last year? Oh, man, you know, that's a good question. Not all of them, of course. No, I know he didn't play all of them. But when he was out there. I don't even know why I'm asking that question because that means that I'm almost intrigued. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of those that you don't even want to look into because if you look into it, then you start trying to negotiate with yourself. Well, you know, if you can get this many games out of him and if he – well, I mean, he is good. With, you know what I mean? Like, you Put start trying to contract. We pay We paying you by the per games. <laughs> the games you pay – the games you play, you will be paid as the highest paid right tackle in the league. That is funny. You just got to play those games. Yeah, I, I just don't – I don't see it. 2021, he played nine games in 2021. Played five in 2020 and 11 in 2019. So, there you go. His average of playing – just about half the season is what he does. So uh, no, thank you. So I, I just I can't sign up for that. Now, now who else did you say? Uh, big Big Jose. Let's go out to Big Jose in San Jose and talk to him. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? Hey, Q. yesterday after we were talking, I was bumping. I was bumping my CBB and I put I pulled into a Church's fried chicken. I'm sorry, a Popeyes fried chicken. Yeah. And and I was bumping one like CBB right, and then the, the dude at the window says, "Hey, will, will you just?" In the queue on you, big Jose. I was like, yeah. I thought that was funny as all heck. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Holding it down in Popeye's chicken. Tell Popeye's chicken I said, what's up, man. Yeah. 
Hey, you know, but seriously, though, I like uh, what, what uh, your guy had to say about the wide receivers coming off the board. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I do think that we need some deep, some uh, help on the line on the outside. I mean, Brandon Parker, you just he ain't, he ain't cutting it, bro. And, you know, and, and uh, Leatherwood, he just might be an interior lineman. So, you know, can't have him out there on an island. But, I mean, I love that. I love the idea of getting some back. Davis. So, you know, speed kills, Cliff Branch in the Hall of Fame. Heck, yeah, shout out. Right. And, um, yep, and I just wanted to, hey, you know what, though? When I drive down Santa Clara Street or King of Story, I drive so slow, bro, the buses go around me because that's how we hold it down out here. <laughs> that's right. Hey, man, hey, hold it down, Big Jose. I appreciate you. You know what? That's how I roll, man. I do that all the time, though. I drive slow. I'm never in no hurry. If I'm in a hurry, that means I'm just going to be late because I don't – I'm not that guy. I ain't got no need for speed. But, yeah, you're going down – uh, story, you go down Santa Clara, you got to be cruising, man. That's that's official cruising grounds. We used to get in trouble in the radio station van when I'd pull over on that Chevron on uh, Santa Clara Street in the van because it would attract so much attention right there at the end of Santa Clara Street that uh that the there it would be like basically the, it would be a not a mob but there'd be so many cars in that parking lot that it would be it's like hey you're gonna get a ticket for this and so the police tried to give me a ticket one time but then they. I just gave him a T-shirt and a CD, and they were like, all right, it's cool. So they let me go. But, yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Let's close out hour number one right now with a call from John in the 530. What's up, John? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for having me. For uh, sure. the show. You Thank and Devon. And I, just, I wanted to call. Honestly, I know you're about to wrap up, but I wanted to call and just uh, – I tried to get through yesterday during the uh, Vinny Boston Your Show, but Devon and, and Vinny had a conversation about Russell Wilson and Derek Carr, and I, I just wanted to compliment Devon because – from an argument's perspective, from delivery to being prepared, information, like he definitely won, you know, and Vinny went away from it and came back, and I, I love Vinny, 100%, but but I was just very much impressed with Devon's argument. Uh, nice. He brought up, um, you know, statistically where Derek Carr finished. Uh, obviously, he had a better year this year than, than Russ, and, and, and Russ is great, and I don't think most fans obviously would agree that, you know, Carr's better than Russ, but the way that, that, that Devon painted the picture, you, you'd have to agree because he used logic and he was prepared and he used statistics. MVP votes, 3-1, to one, statistically where he's at, most fourth quarter comebacks since he came in the league. So I just wanted to uh, compliment him and say I've been, I've been enjoying hearing, hearing him more on the radio, and, uh, and then that's been nice. I've, I'm, I'm glad you appreciate him, and, ben, and it appears Vinny has, well, uh, has been as well, and it's been good hearing him, you know, not just doing the uh, – DJ stuff and the producing, but uh, getting on, I, I've enjoyed it. I just wanted to call and compliment him and compliment you both and say I very much enjoy your show. Hey, th- hey, thank you, man. Great stuff. Thank you for the call, John. We do appreciate that. And it sounds like little bro starting to do good. That's what I'm talking about. Go ahead, Damon. Good job, man. You just just made me feel like a proud father, man. Just feel like you hit a triple-double, even though we know you ain't hitting no triple-doubles. 258 is the time. When we come back, Chris Colbert will join us. Got a big fight going on Saturday night. He'll talk about it next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.